Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Um, hey, exciting. Another uh uh, podcast that we have to go through. And this is part two on one that we started before and it got long, so we went to part two. So we'll get uh, jumping into that in just a minute. Uh, my name is David Baker. I am your host and I have my co-host with me. I'm Tim Peterson. Glad to be here. All right. We're glad that you're here. This is my son-in-law, youth director. We gave introductions more uh, last time. If you missed that, you can go back to get that. Um, and uh, how was your weekend, Brother Tim? It was good. We had a good weekend. Uh, my wife and I were expecting our sixth uh, child uh, coming up in the next few weeks. So we actually got to get away this weekend and uh, and had Alyssa, um, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, to watch the kids. And we got away this weekend, had a good weekend out of town in Knoxville and got to meet up with some friends out there and then uh, get on back. And so back into the normal swing of things this week. So had a great weekend. Awesome. Yes, uh, uh, Aunt Alyssa, uh, the kids had a great time uh, with her, shared a lot of pictures and a lot of fun. So, um, uh, so Alyssa's getting prepared to, hey, how to take care of five kids. So <laughs> she, she had fun. They made smoothies and did pictures and played games and, uh, and all that. But um, so they were, um, the kids survived uh, the weekend uh, or a couple of days without you guys? They did. They did survive, and my wife survived without them, and all those good <laughs> things. So we had a good time. We had a good time. We enjoyed it, and uh, we rarely are away from them pretty much at all. So, um, yes. so had a good weekend and and enjoyed that, and uh, looking forward to the next one coming in the next few weeks. Awesome. A few weeks. Have another baby. They are precious. So, uh, uh, where'd you guys go to church, or, or did you go to church when you were out of town on vacation? <laughs> yes, we we did go to a church. Uh, went to uh, I believe it's Bible Baptist Church. Um, they're just north of Knoxville. Um, it's actually the Bates Church uh, that does the TV show. Uh, we were up there and, and got to go there um, this Sunday. Had a good time, and we're back for Sunday awesome. night at our church. Yep. 
Awesome, yeah. Boy, we had a great weekend, had people saved, and boy, the church was full. It's wintertime, and there's still people that are sick and out and traveling, but um, I think I counted there were about six chairs that were empty. And so uh, we need a new auditorium, but anyway, it was good, good service, good help, and it was really neat. Uh, one lady was there for the first time and uh, from another county, drove a ways to get there and just hung around afterwards for about 20, 25 minutes asking us questions. My wife and I, what about this? What about this? And uh, it was different than what she is from, but she loved it and uh, had a really good time. So that was fun. So awesome. All right. Hey, we're going to get into this. And um, so what we were talking about last time was... Um, some new doctrine on the quote new covenant okay and so the new covenant is in the bible we talked about covenants last time and there are a lot but how you interpret that what do you mean when you say new covenant um and so they mean that um anything of the old testament and anything of before jesus died is all gone away you don't have to do any of that none of that matters anymore and so we showed that uh that's just not true that's not what paul said that's not what jesus said um and so uh, we want to be able to go through some more but so um when i listened to their podcast and took some notes and, and a lot of the things came from there um and they said look you don't have to obey the law anymore jesus is our obedience Okay, well, you never had to obey the law to be saved because the law couldn't bring you to salvation. The law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The law showed us that we were sinners and no matter how good we tried to be, you're never good enough and you're never good enough to be saved. And so that's why Jesus, the Messiah, the need for him. And so you never could obey the law to be saved, but just because Jesus came and died doesn't mean the law is gone and that we shouldn't do anything with it. If God didn't take it away or change it, then we're supposed to keep it like he said. And I mentioned last time the general order um, and uh, to follow the last command given. It, uh, what it actually says is, I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. Meaning, I was told to guard this post and I'm going to stay here until I'm told to do something else. And if my post reliever doesn't come when I'm supposed to be off at 8 o'clock, I stay there until he comes. Um, that's that general order. And that's the same thing with us. So what was changed? We talked about... In the Bible, there are some things that change from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. Absolutely. No holy days, okay? We don't have to regard any holy days. The feasts, the festivals, okay? We don't have to regard those. By the way, it's amazing. I'm sure we'll do a podcast on this sometime, but how many Christians are bringing back Judaism and bringing back the law, um, and we have to obey the feasts, the festivals, the Sabbath. Um, they're doing the Passover, and all the things that he said we don't have to do, they're bringing those back. And, um, and even the unclean meats, there are churches uh, that do that. So the things that were changed, no holy days, no Sabbath, no circumcision, no unclean meats. Um, those things, he said, were nailed to the cross. Those things are done. The veil of the temple is rent. There's no more animal sacrifices anymore. Those things are done. But everything else is still there. Um, but Tim, it's like people are saying, you know, freedom. I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Uh, and almost listening to it, it almost seems like that's their attitude. Did you get that? Absolutely. Um, it, it really, when they try and pull out from this world that they call is legalistic and they constantly talk about being free from the bondage of legalism and, um, and what they consider legalism to be, um, and which are, uh, living a life by some standards that are from, uh, from the Bible and principled from the Bible and then their whole goal is to say hey we're free from that bondage of legalism and we don't have to deal with that and 
I would just say to that, man, if you, um, I believe when you guys visited Israel several years back, just sort of all the different things that they had to, or they were trying to follow uh, the Jews and uh, with the law and following the Jewish law and um, everything from elevators to meats to, you know, not using electricity on the Sabbath, the whole nine yards, they, I mean, talk about legalistic, <laughs> that would be legalistic, um, but living a life with, uh, with standards that we've talked about and grown up with uh, from the Bible and uh, that talk about certain things uh, from alcohol to modesty to uh, certain kinds of music, things like that. Not no, try not to no, oh, I can't believe right? you would even say something like that. Some That's of those things, try not to horrible. love the things of the world, right? They claim freedom from those things so that they can now do those things and act like those who are trying to do those things uh, based on what the Bible says are legalistic when obviously we're not doing those to get to heaven uh, and those are not a part of getting to heaven nor do we believe that. Um, our goal as Christians though is to still uh, be a peculiar people, uh, a people that are separated unto our Savior, unto God, the one who bought us. And uh, that should be our goal. It should be from a heart of wanting to please the one who, who paid for our sins, not from a place of, of bondage and I hate my life because of uh, these certain things I can't do. Yeah. Um, and I'll close explaining uh, a lot of times where the guys are coming from. But uh, it, it is true. And by the way, legalism, just wait. I'm not even going to go into it now. We have a whole podcast coming up in a couple on that and uh, trying to do a thorough job with it. Um, but yes, the Jewish people, we were in Israel, and it's crazy. You cannot, just, just a little side note, you can't have a cheeseburger. And we went to McDonald's. I want to see what a McDonald's in Israel looked like and ordered a cheeseburger. And they don't have cheeseburgers. I try to get a milkshake with my hamburger, and you can't. They will not sell you a milkshake and a hamburger at the same time. And here's a biblical reason. The Bible says you shall not seethe a goat in his mother's milk. So if you're cooking a goat, a small goat, um, then you don't cook it in its mother's milk. That's it. So you can't have a cheeseburger. <laughs> and so um, what they get from that Crazy. is the interpretation is you cannot mix dairy and meat. And so you can't put, uh, they won't give you coffee at breakfast if they have meat. Or if you have coffee, then you can't have meat because you put creamer in your coffee and you'd be having milk and meat at the same time. And so anyway, so I ordered a hamburger uh, and then I sat down and then I went up and ordered a milkshake so I could have a milkshake <laughs> and a hamburger. Um, but, you cheated. Um, but anyway, yeah, they, they won't let you. I, the elevators there, you it's okay to use electricity, but you can't push the button for electricity. And so there's one elevator that literally it just goes up and down all the time, stops at every floor, up and down all the time, um, because you can't push the button to stop. But you can get on it, but you got to go through every floor. Um, it's crazy. You can't turn on your oven, but you can have a timer that's set for your oven to come on every day at 11 o'clock. And so then you can cook when it's on, and then it goes off 30 minutes later, um, but you cannot push the button to turn it on. It, it, it's amazing. And those are part of the law they're trying to keep to go to heaven. Okay. That's the bondage. You can only walk so many steps. Could you imagine? And you have to do all that to go to heaven. And so, yes, there's something different uh, in the in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, uh, but those things were never right. That is not what God expected us to do. And you see when Jesus went against the Pharisees and how many things that he condemned them on of, quote, the law, even while he was here. So um, 
But anyway, the only things that are changed are the things that he said changed. Anything he didn't say changed is still there. It's amazing. People say, oh, the Old Testament is done. We don't have to obey it anymore. Really? There's some really good things in the Old Testament. I think we still ought to obey. Uh, yep. Luke 19, 29, it says, do not prostitute thy daughter, nor cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall into whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. Oh, we don't have to obey that anymore. That's Old Testament. So we can now prostitute our daughters. Is that crazy? Is that sick? Is that a mess? Um, well, we don't mean that. Then is it there or not? Is it something we should do or not? Should we obey it or not? Uh, oh, it's Old Testament. We don't have to obey that anymore. No. <laughs> Jesus never said, you don't have to do that anymore, so we still do it. Thou shalt not kill. He never said to stop that, and so we don't do it. Now, there's some things that he strengthened, and I love this. When they asked Jesus about the law, he said, Matthew 5, 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. He's not coming to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill the law. Yep. And then Jesus went through and taught, and he gave some examples. So, 521, Matthew, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. So Jesus didn't come to get rid of the law. In fact, there he strengthened the law. He didn't get rid of it. He said, old time it said this, and I say that you should do this. Adultery, same thing. And verse 27, Ye have heard that it was said of them by old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Jesus did not condemn the law or get rid of the law. He strengthened the law. Now, Honestly, if they're honest, they would say, no, 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 that's before Jesus died. That's under the old covenant. We don't have to go by that anymore. Really? Okay. I need to tell my wife then. So I guess I can look at women to lust after them now, according to what you say, because that's the old covenant. Once Jesus died on the cross, we're under a new covenant and we don't have to do that anymore. Okay. It's crazy. Jesus didn't come to get rid of the law, but to fulfill it. Divorce, the same thing. Verse 31, it hath been said... Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorce, committeth adultery. Again, he did not get rid of the law at all. Okay, he came to fulfill it. He didn't come to destroy it. And many things he strengthened. Now, it's amazing to me, Brother Tim, that they can say, well, Jesus said it, but he said it before he died, so it doesn't matter. How in the world can that be? If Jesus said it, he said it, it's still there. Absolutely. And to, uh, to act like the Savior who came down uh, to earth to save us, to teach us how to live, to teach us how to, uh, to reach people, how to reach the lost, how to care for others, how to love for others, and to say that his life and his testimony and his commandments that he gave while he was here, uh, do, they no longer apply. Uh, you know, nothing applies until after his, his death in, in God's word uh, is, is pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. A lot of things, too, they would only quote half of a verse. And when you read the rest of the verse, it totally negates what they just said. Uh, they quoted this and said, oh, there's no condemnation now that we're saved. Romans 8.1. Okay, here's Romans 8.1. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's good. Literally, they didn't quote the rest of that, okay? Because how come? Because if I'm saved and I walk after the flesh, then my Heavenly Father is going to spank me and there will be some condemnation. That's in Romans, that's New Covenant, that's after Jesus died on the cross, and they literally only quoted part of it. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, and they stopped. It says, comma, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. A saved person who is walking after the flesh can be condemned. They can be chastised. They will be disciplined as a child. That's the relationship. He's our father. I can't lose that gift of eternal life, but I can be chastised when I walk in the flesh. But they only quote half of that. Um, they said, uh, use this phrase a lot, Jesus is enough or he isn't. Well, yes, he is enough to be saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yes, he's enough for salvation. But for living our life, it's not enough to say, Jesus died on the cross, so I don't have to do anything anymore. I don't have to do anything to be saved. But because I'm saved, there are things that Jesus wants me to do. We need to live for God, not to be saved, but because we are saved. I'm not baptized in order to be saved. I trusted Jesus to be saved, but I'm baptized because I'm saved. That's exactly what Acts 2.38 says that people get messed up on. Uh, it's the same thing. Brother Tim, how about this? So they said the prodigal son was accepted back and didn't have to do anything. Okay? Right. To be accepted back, he didn't have to do anything. Uh, but what do you think Monday morning was like for that prodigal son? Right. I, I'd imagine he had some responsibilities to do uh, being accepted back as a son. Uh, that next Monday morning, and and if he if he came back that next day, you know, and they had the feast, they killed the fatted calf, they partied, they were excited. Man, there were still some responsibilities to take over. Uh, coming back as a son and renewed as a son, there there were responsibilities. It's amazing, but they literally use that as an illustration. Yes, to come back when you've been away from God. Yes, you're accepted back, open arms. Here's a robe, here's the shoes, here's a ring, here's a fatted cap. That's great. Our son that was lost is found. Um, and I said Monday, thinking of our weeks, but uh, for them it would have been Sunday, okay? Um, right. Sunday, the first day of the week, guess what? Get up, time to go feed the, feed the cows. What? what? I, I should, no, yeah. He had to work um, just like the son did, just like the servants did, okay? There was work and responsibility for him to do, not to be a son, listen, but because he is a son. And they literally use that illustration. It's amazing how that's when we talk about sound doctrine. It's not sound. There are holes all the way through that. After we're saved, yes, there is so much that God wants us to do, not because... And, and, not to, that, and to that point, you got to imagine uh, that prodigal son being accepted by the father. Uh, he was willing to come back and be a servant. Yep. He was willing to come back and, and do the least... Uh, of the jobs in his father's household. Uh, and I highly doubt that there was any issue with the next day getting up and, and going to work. After what his father just did for him and the acceptance Absolutely. that his father just gave him, man, his heart had to have been so filled with joy and, and love for the father and loving him despite what he did to the father. Man, he would have been excited to do whatever the father wanted him to do. And, and I can't imagine that would have been a burden after what the Father did for him. Absolutely. That's the perfect illustration. And that's why we go to church. 
and pray and read the Bible and win souls and live by some standards of holiness. Um, that's why we do that because we look at all Jesus did for us. Wow, what does he ask from us? He paid my hell for me. Why in the world shouldn't I serve him and love him and give myself to him the rest of my life? Absolutely. Um, yep. They said, um, they said, well, he gave us love and he doesn't expect, what does he expect? Nothing. That's the phrase. He gave us his love and what does he expect? Nothing. Did Jesus expect some things? Absolutely. Okay, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Uh, well, guess what? He expected something from them. John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He expected something of them. If you love me, keep my commandments. We already talked about that. He expects something from us. Yes, he loved us. Yes, he died for us. Yes, he paid our hell for us, but he does expect some things of us. And it is amazing. The Bible says to endure hardness as a good soldier, okay? Whether you like it or not, when you got saved, you enlisted in the army of the Lord. Now, it's your choice. Are you going to be a good soldier or a disobedient soldier? A good soldier obeys the commands of the commander. That's it. When you got saved, God's the Lord, the master, and we are the servant. That's the role. It's your choice. You're either going to be a good servant, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or a disobedient, lazy, slothful servant. Okay? That's your choice. And yes, there are things that are expected because we are a servant and because we are a soldier. To say you're a soldier in the army of the Lord, but you don't have to do anything. You can just do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And the Lord doesn't care. Okay? That, that, that is ridiculous to say. Um, for anyone who's ever worked a job, okay, you're hired, but you don't have to do anything now. Really? Wow. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> no, um, you do still have to do some things, not to be saved, but because you are saved. Uh, but Tim, they said this, we aren't defined by what we do, but by Christ. We aren't defined by what we do, but by Christ. By the way, these phrases, if you don't know any better, oh wow, that sounds great, I love that. Doesn't matter what I do, I'm defined by Christ. I'm saved, that's it, Jesus is enough, I don't have to do anything. Wow, what a great feeling, okay? You might wanna go look at the Bible. Proverbs 20, verse 11, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure, whether it be right, okay? <laughs> even a child. Um, hey, Sunday night was um, one of your children known by his doings. I think he uh, got called to preach and uh, he, he wanted to preach. Was that right? Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty energetic in church uh, Sunday night and had to uh, be removed. Uh, I had to walk him out. <laughs> um, it, yeah, absolutely. And, and children are known uh, by their doings, whether their work be pure and whether it be right. And guess what? So oftentimes, though, when a child is known by his doings, the child himself is known by his doings, but it also is a reflection on the father or on the parents of the child. And, and as children, children can reflect poorly on their father. And if we're children of God and, and we are saved, we're, we're on our way to heaven, but we don't act like a child of God, then how's that gonna how's that gonna help win other people to Christ if I'm acting like the devil? All right, if if to me uh, none of that matters, uh, if if living like the world is is doesn't define me, um, and I can be tatted up from head to toe, um, I can listen to and blare some of the worst, most satanic music, and and out my garage to the whole world and my whole neighborhood, right? Uh, 
I am, and I'm a child of the king. Could I do that? Technically, yes. But I'm going to be known uh, by my doings, whether my work be pure and whether it be right. And it will reflect on my heavenly father. If I go down the street to try and witness to somebody with all of those things, could they still get saved? Maybe. I'm not saying that someone who got saved and they have tattoos can't witness to anybody. Absolutely not. But if my whole goal is to try and be as much like the world and everybody else in the world, then it's not going to reflect well on my heavenly father. It's going to be a lot harder to lead people to Christ. That's not to say that people who, uh, who sin and mess up can't lead people to Christ because we all do. Uh, but it is to say that our doings, whether they be pure or whether they be right, they do reflect on our heavenly father. Absolutely. So, well, Pastor Baker, that's in Proverbs. That's not even scripture. That's a <laughs> It doesn't count. Man. It doesn't count. <laughs> a wise man talking to his son. Look, I promise you that matters everywhere in the world. Even a child is known by his doings. But, okay, let's go with you. New covenant, okay? Um, after Jesus died, um, Demas, what does it say about him? Is he known by his doings? Demas, having loved this present world and yep. has departed. Wow, Demas hath forsaken me. Hey, is Demas known by his uh, doings? Absolutely, yep. the whole world knows. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And honestly, Brother Tim, I, I, I'm sad to say, I think that's a lot of people. Um, they've loved the world and they've forsaken Jesus Christ. They've forsaken their Paul. They've forsaken their pastor, their teacher, the people that taught them. And they've forsaken Christ because that's not how Christ wants us to live. Diotrephes, is he known? Sure, known by his doings that he wanted the preeminence. Preeminence. Is Alexander the coppersmith? Hey, all these are New Covenant. These are New Testament. Are they known by their doings? Absolutely. Alexander the coppersmith, Paul said, did me much evil. Uh, listen, it doesn't matter whether it's Old Testament Proverbs or New Testament, New Covenant. Every one of us is known by their doings, okay? You can't yep. get away from that. We're not defined by what we do, but by Christ. Guess what? Demas and Diotrephes and Alexander the coppersmith are defined by their doings. So is Onesimus who got saved in prison and came out and became a beloved brother, okay? They are also known by their doings because they, they did right and they obeyed the Lord. Mark, who quit, came back in the ministry and Paul said, he is profitable to me for the ministry. Every one of us is known by our doings and it has nothing to do with this Old Testament, New Testament, New Covenant. That's just truth. But um, anyway, it's just sad to be able to say, and it sounds good, we're not defined by what we do, but by Christ. Okay, I can do whatever I want. I'm not defined by that. Okay, yes, when you get picked up for DUI, you'll be defined um, as your pictures in the paper and as your mugshots out there, you'll be defined by what you do. Um, yep. And I'm the chaplain of the county jail and boy, you see how many people come in there um, just like that. So um, anyway, they kept saying, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we're only qualified to speak about Jesus. No, it's not about Jesus to you. It's about you and you living for you. Here's what the Bible says. Listen carefully. Romans 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. Hey guys, are you teaching things differently than what you have learned? Hey, I know where you went to college. I know what you were taught. I know some of your pastors. Uh, I know them and I know what you were taught. Paul said to mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. And here's what it says. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. 
and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Boy, that's powerful. And that's exactly what's happened. They're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ or to be teaching. Hey, let's win souls. Hey, let's get people to Jesus. Hey, let's live for God. Let's help people. That would be the thought, not trying to get them to leave living and loving and serving God to be able to do what you want. You don't have but to go wait, to church. Wait, you don't have to wait. read the Bible. You don't have to do anything. They're saving. They're trying to save people from legalism. So if you know, you're know you saving people from the world of legalism and getting them to experience the free life of, of, of not being legalistic, then hey, uh, which really, in all reality, our whole goal should be trying to point people to Christ and what he did on the cross for them so that they can go to heaven. And yeah. And uh, that should be our goal. Our goal is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of his death and burial and resurrection. And as Christians, that should be our main goal. And uh, trying to focus on saving people from what they used to believe uh, and, and from different things that they try and uh, you know, claim are legalistic. Uh, is is a way, you know, uh, that even in that verse when it talks about uh, deceiving the hearts of the simple, uh, many people, um, I believe, can be deceived by those who take Scripture and you and use it in a way to say, hey, you no longer have to live this way. You no longer really have to go out and 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 uh, give the gospel as much as you used to. You no longer really have to go uh, 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 assemble with other believers as much as you used to. You no longer have to read God's word because I mean, most of God's word is the law anyway, a lot of it in the beginning. And you don't have to pray and fast like you used to. Uh, you don't have to do all these things. And if they take scripture, they are going to deceive the hearts of, of, of the simple and those that start to follow them. And I believe that is very dangerous. Yes, it is. Um, and you just said it. One of the next statements that they said, I'm just shocked that I'm just, I don't know how many times I <laughs> jaw drop, how many times I just shaking my head going, really? Uh, when God said, uh, I don't need the Bible. I don't need the Bible. Um, really? You don't need the Bible? <laughs> um, the Bible says that God, in Psalm 138, verse 2, He said, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Oh, that's Old Testament. Really? So, okay, so God didn't magnify his word now doesn't mean anything because we're now in the um, new covenant. That's ridiculous. That makes no sense at all. Um, I heard one guy, not these guys, but one guy say, you know, I used to read the Bible all the time every day, but I don't have to anymore because, um, you know, um, that would be legalistic. Again, we'll talk more about that, but it's just, I don't need the Bible. Um, um, John 14, 21 says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. This is John 15, John 14. This is very close to Jesus going to the cross, okay? And he yep. talks about his commandments that come from what? The Bible. And if you keep them, he it is that loveth me. You have a great opportunity to show God that you love him by taking his word that he magnified above his name and by taking his word and living by those commandments. God said, he, if you do that, you'll love him and he loveth me is loved of my father and I will love him. It's amazing. Oh no, you don't need the Bible. You don't have to obey the commandments anymore. Not to go to heaven, but yes, to show Jesus we love him. And when we do, he loves me because of that. It's just amazing. So, um, 
So, Jim, in, in summary, um, to bring this sort of down to an end, but uh, as I say in church, don't put your shoes on yet. we got a few more. <laughs> but so many of these guys, these guys on this uh, podcast and other ones I've listened to, when you hear their own testimony, they didn't like the rules. They rebelled against the standards growing up. Um, they didn't like anyone making them do this. Okay. Uh, one guy said, ah, it, it wasn't me. All these rules, it, it wasn't me. The same guy said, yeah, I wasn't even saved at the time. I didn't get saved until later. Okay. Um, by the way, having the Holy Spirit inside of you will really help you to want to obey the Lord and please him. Um, I didn't feel it. You know, these rules and I just didn't feel it. The things they pushed on me was unnatural to accept as a Christian. I mean, that's crazy. When you hear their own testimony, you find out, guess what? These guys were rebels. They, they rebelled back then, and now they're rebelling now. They're just going back to their old nature that they were uh, so they can do their own thing. And the sad thing is they're teaching other people to do that also. Um, Brother Tim, for guys that you've seen or heard, do uh, you get that sense that it's like, you know what? These guys, they're just rebels, and then now they're going their own way. But now they found Bible to justify their rebellion, they think. Well, I and and I feel like you know when when someone says that it's unnatural to accept as a Christian, I think it's really more it's more like it's unnatural to accept uh, in your flesh, and in your body of flesh, your flesh doesn't. There are some things that are very unnatural to the flesh to accept. And as a believer, you have the flesh versus the spirit. And if you're yielding more to the flesh, then some things that uh, you hear a pastor preach or you hear and you see directly out of the word of God, then it's, it is hard to accept because your flesh hates it and your flesh gets mad. I don't know how many times in a sermon or, or just in reading God's word by myself and you read it and you're like, and, and it stirs you up. It makes you uncomfortable. It is yeah. convicting. It is. And it is unnatural to the flesh. That's why the Bible talks about yielding to the spirit and walking in the spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I think many times when we've uh, fed our flesh and, and, and we can get so focused in our, on our flesh, uh, then our God's word and the preaching of God's word and things that are directly from his word and from the Holy Spirit um, I think can seem very unnatural and hard to yield to. And so then, you know, knowing how to study scripture and, 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 and knowing, uh, many times how to go in and find a way to justify scripture, people can go in. And, uh, I mean, there's been times where I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've tried to go, uh, you know, something in my life. Okay. Hey, let me see if I can go find scripture to make that fit what I want to keep in my life. And if you go look at it in God's word and you try and justify it, sometimes you can try and try and win this battle of the flesh versus the spirit and say, I think I can make, I think I can make this work. I can, I can, I can drop this in my life, but really it shouldn't be, Hey, what can I go justify from God's word? But man, how can I go into God's word and focus on what I can live by and, and draw closer to Christ and focus on not loving the world or the things of the, of the world. And, uh, cause loving, uh, the world is enmity with God and Absolutely. our goal is to love God and stay close to him and focus on the things that are natural to the spirit and uh, strive to do the things that are unnatural to the flesh because that will uh, make us more useful as Christians for God. And absolutely, you nailed it. And uh, 32 plus years ago, um, I'm 33 probably now, I mean, I'm in the world, big in the world, you name it, I was in it, military, living, living for the flesh. 
but I wanted to find a nice girl because the girls that I had been finding were not nice girls. And so I went to church to find a nice girl. And so I visited this church, no, no pretty girl there to ask out, this church, and then somebody invited me to another church. Sure, uh, I'm looking for a church. So um, big church, about a thousand people. And while the songs and announcements were going on, I'm looking around for a girl to ask out. And then this guy started preaching, screaming, ranting, raving, made me mad, wouldn't shake his hand on the way out. I'm never coming back here. I can't believe this guy. Guess where I was at on Sunday night? Back in that same church. Man, you thought Sunday morning was bad. Sunday night was worse. More yelling, more screaming, more ranting, more raving, more preaching just at me. <laughs> How do you know I was here? I'm never coming back here. Wouldn't shake his hand on the way out. Guess where I was at on Wednesday night? Back in that same church. How come? I was saved as a kid. The Spirit loved it. There was such a draw. Well, the flesh hated it. But little by little, like you said, you yield to the Spirit and die to the flesh and you realize you know what boy this life here serving god is so much better but you're exactly right yeah it's uncomfortable it's unnatural i don't like it i don't want it uh the natural the flesh let it go do all those things there the problem is um the way the transgressor is hard and when you fulfill the lust of the flesh what it's going to do and how it's going to mess up your life um will be very sad like i talked about in episode zero um, with my uh, son-in-law. The problem is with all of this, they don't understand the difference between relationship after salvation and salvation. Salvation, Jesus only, accept him by grace through faith, you're saved, you're sealed, and to the day of redemption, you can't lose it. That's settled, that's done. There's nothing you have to do for that. He loves you and you're saved, done. Now the relationship, I'm still a son, he's the father, and I'm supposed to love him and serve him. I don't know why that is so simple, but why in the world they struggle with that and they just totally throw that out of the relationship. That's what he said. We're born again. We're born into God's family. We're part of that. The prodigal son is a perfect story. One Sunday morning, he got up. Guess what? He went to work um, and we're supposed to also. So God still wants us to be obedient. Okay. New covenant, Romans 6. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. God still wants us to obey. Galatians 6.1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Again, I know what Galatians is talking about, where people were trying to say you had to obey the law and be circumcised to be saved, okay? Uh, I totally understand that. And Jesus is saying, no, it's only Jesus. And we're not saying that at all. We're saying it's only Jesus for salvation. You don't have to do any of these things to be saved, but obedience is still something that God wants us to do. Second Thessalonians 3.14, and if any man obey not the word of, by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. What? You mean if we don't obey the Bible, we should, uh, if someone doesn't, we should have no company with them so that they would be ashamed? Yes. New Covenant, New Testament, First, Second Thessalonians, okay? That is a big deal. Uh, and so we are. So again, it's a relationship. To be saved, I accept Jesus as my Savior. After I'm saved, what does he want me to do? He still wants me to obey. Um, next, he still wants me to witness, okay? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Guess what? Um, that's in uh, the gospels and in Acts. We're still supposed to do that, okay? We don't do that to be saved, but because we're saved. Yes, it's amazing. Here's the last thing Jesus told his disciples to do. And yet, nope, we don't have to do that anymore. 
No, he told him to do that. We're supposed to do that. It's Matthew 28, okay? It's the last chapter of Matthew after the resurrection. Yes, we are supposed to witness, not to be saved. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature in Mark. Um, It's amazing. So we don't take that in there. Um, there, We should be going to do that. And there should be a pressure. Oh, no. And a commitment. I have to get the gospel to the world. That's what Jesus wants me to do. Um, That we're still supposed to... um, um, to present our bodies as sacrifice. Romans 12, 1, New Covenant, Romans 12. I beseech you, bre- therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I mean, all these verses, so many holes in it. Tim, what in the world would they do with that verse? We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. No, 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 you're already accepted. Then why did he say we had to do that to be accepted? Exactly. Uh, our, our bodies as a living sacrifice, and I think we briefly touched on it before, but uh, we are supposed to uh, die daily to our flesh and to uh, the lusts of the flesh and get rid of those things and keep getting rid of those things in our life daily because they constantly are a battle. We are in this body of flesh and our body of flesh is what will not be uh, a part of eternity. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear away. It's going to die. It's going to be in the ground. It's gonna, uh, we will have new bodies in heaven. And so our flesh that we are trapped in now until, uh, until heaven, uh, we are supposed to die to that flesh and present our bodies a living sacrifice. Jesus presented his body a living sacrifice. And likewise, we should be presenting our bodies daily a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And the key phrase, obviously, to that verse is, which is your reasonable service? Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not something that when we... Uh, when we present our bodies to Christ and try to be separate from the world and live close to the world, not separate from the world that we don't go win the world and tell them about Christ, not from, from that point of separation, but not trying to live like the world and do the deeds of the world. Uh, it's our reasonable service to try and present our bodies uh, dead to the flesh, yielding to the spirit, to Christ. It's only reasonable. And I think if as Christians we can get back to seeing living for God and trying to live a holy life uh, uh, according to God's word, uh, I believe uh, we can get back to that and just focusing on, man, this is only reasonable that I serve Christ, that I live for Christ, that I follow his word. It's only reasonable based on what he did for me. Uh, it's, it's, it's not right. even a hard ask for him to, to, to ask of me. Yeah. There's so many verses in the Bible that God that says what we're supposed to do after we're saved. And again, not because I have to, not because I need to to go to heaven, but because I get to. God wants us to do these things because it helps us. Reading my Bible daily. Oh, what a drudgery, what a chore. No, what a blessing it is. I get truth and insight and wisdom and things that are going to help me every day. Oh, you got to go to church three times a week. Oh, when the doors are open. That's one of the most fun times of the week, the fellowship of Christian believers, encouragement, singing, lifting, testimonies, prayer requests, learning from the Bible. What a great time. The reason why you've come to despise it is because of you, their heart, their flesh, them wanting to live in the world. It's more fun. Let's still do, go do something in the world instead of having to go to church. Um, uh, that's why he talked about, hey, go back to your first love. 
go back to your first love. When you, if it's a drudgery now, then you don't love the Lord like you used to, or you wouldn't have that. Soul winning. Oh, I got to go soul winning. <laughs> I picked up um, uh, a man from church and we uh, went out soul winning on a Saturday. Um, the guy's name is literally Michael Jackson. Okay. I went soul winning with Michael <laughs> Jackson on Saturday and boy, we had fun. First door was an atheist. The first door that answered was an atheist. And we were kind, respectful. We had a really good talk with them, got to plant and water, and uh, pray that God's going to reach and help him. Next door, that guy opened, uh, the guy was saved, knew he was saved. Knew. I said, what do you have to do to go to heaven? He said, nothing. I said, okay. He said, Jesus already did it. I said, absolutely. And boy, we rejoiced right there and talked about it. To go to heaven, you accept Jesus as your savior. It's not in what we do. And oh, he knew that. He was going to church in Nashville, uh, farther away. He's gonna come and visit us sometime. The next door, two people lost. Didn't know they're on the way to heaven and wanted to know. They invited us in. We got to sit down and show a mother and her 19 year old son how to go to heaven. And they trusted Christ as their savior. And we were on cloud nine. I mean, we were uh, so excited and happy. Oh, drudgery, I have to go so many. No, it, it's fun. It's a blessing. And those people are going to be in heaven. We're going to have rewards when we get there. And we have happiness and joy and blessing by going out and doing that. Something's happened when they left and lost their first love to be able to go back and get to that. Remember when soul winning used to be fun? Remember when you love showing someone how to go to heaven? What happened? You are more worried about serving the flesh and the fun. I have so much more fun now that I don't have to do anything. Um, you're worried and thinking about you and your flesh instead of Christ, those sinners and eternity. And so uh, anyway, same thing, living by the Bible. Oh, that's so horrible. No, it gives you blessing. It gives you long-term great life, all the biblical principles. The more you live by them, the better life that you have. Um, Brother Tim, they said this. So they said, you don't have to do anything to be approved by God. It's always amazing. And, and I wanted to go, guys, I'm not, I don't want to beat up on them, but I would love to help them. When you make that statement, does anything come to mind? Does any verse come to mind? You don't have to do anything to be approved of God. Again, to be saved, what do you have to do? Nothing, accept him as your savior. But Tim, when you hear that, you don't have to do anything to be approved of God. Does any verse come to mind for you that way? Uh. Absolutely. Uh, when Paul's writing to Timothy of uh, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed to not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15. It's it. study to show thyself approved unto God. And this is Timothy as a pastor, uh, obviously, and a workman that needeth not be, in, be ashamed. Someone who's putting out God's word. He's preaching. He's telling others. He's, he has a congregation. Hey, he had there. There was some form of approval. If he was someone who wasn't studying, wasn't reading God's word, wasn't rightly dividing God's word, then the opposite of approval, he would be unapproved, uh, yep. and uh, there would be a disapproval uh, unto God as a workman that was supposed to uh, rightly divide and study. Uh, there was uh, some form of approval, but according right. to the other side, uh, then he was already approved. Yeah, he's already proved. And it says that a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Guess what? Okay. If you are not studying the word of God, if you don't, oh yeah, you don't have to do anything to be approved of God. And by the way, these guys are preachers. Okay. Trained Bible college preachers. Guess what? To be an approved preacher of God, you better study. And if you don't, you're going to be ashamed. 
That's what Paul told Timothy. You don't have to study to be saved, okay? That's not the context of that. But to be an approved preacher of God, yes, you do have to study. So yes, you do have to do something to be approved. They said, uh, oh, you don't have to be, uh, do anything to be a friend of God. You don't have to do anything to be a friend of God. John 14, 15, 14. Ye are my friends if, what? If, no, 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 we're already your friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Oh no, that's before Jesus died. Please go read the timeline and see John 15. John 15, where does that come in in the timeline of Jesus and his ministry? It is right before he went to the cross. Why in the world would you go to all the trouble to write this and say it if it's only going to matter for the next few hours? No, I'm sorry. That verse matters to, for today. Um, and uh, one of the big things, and it's sad for people, is when they get on this path and they start changing things, they can't lose their salvation, but they're going to lose their reward. This is a long thing to go into, and we'll do more at another time. But Second John um, verse 8, it says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Uh, I've not heard them talk about this. I'd be curious to what they would think. But there's a judgment seat of Christ where we're going to receive the things done in the body, whether it be good or bad. There's five different crowns that we can have. And uh, the, the story where the, um, uh, we teach about the, uh, the fire trying their works, wood, sand, and stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones. Um, only what's done for Christ will last. Uh, we talk about that. And so you could lose your reward. There are people who serve God and preached and, done, and did things for God, and now they quit and they're not serving God anymore. They're going to lose their reward. And here's what talking about. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. And so, uh, yes, it's going to be sad. There will be people that will be losing their reward because they got away from the Bible, they got away from the truth, and started teaching people this. And I wonder how many people are following them. Yes, we all have to give an account of ourselves, but the Bible says over and over about Jeroboam, the man that caused Israel to sin, the man that caused Israel to sin. I sure don't want to be a preacher or a teacher or doing a podcast that's going to pull people away from serving God. Oh, I don't have to go to church. We don't have to tithe. We don't have to pray. We don't have to read the Bible. We don't have to do any of those things. We can just live and do whatever we want because we're saved and Jesus doesn't care and nothing matters. And that literally is what they're teaching. Again, you don't do that to be saved, but we do it because we're saved. I'm afraid for them, there will be a loss of reward. So we are uh, at the end of this. It's amazing, <laughs> 45 plus minutes into it already. Uh, boy, that time goes quick. So uh, Tim, any closing words or thoughts that uh, you have on this topic? And uh, I would love, by the way, my prayer is these guys, and I, and I, I uh, talk to them about some of these issues on Facebook and tried to help them with it and uh, and they didn't. I hope if they listen to this, if they would go, oh wow, I think we got off track. Hey, could you, I would love to sit down over the Bible, reason with them concerning the scriptures and get to help them with this. Probably uh, this podcast will be picked apart. Um, and so then we get to do another one to hopefully clarify um, what was said. But uh, Tim, any thoughts uh, before we close this out? Yeah, I think it just comes back to sound doctrine, like we said before. And, um, and sometimes as young guys, uh, myself included, we can try and find a new thing and be so focused on, on the new thing and, and something that sounds pretty awesome. And, and I think, too, sometimes um, 
whether they've uh, whether they've been hurt by someone that they loved and respected in times past, right. or whatever someone that they looked up to and and really cared about, uh, genuinely cared about, and were hurt in in some way, shape, or form, uh, then it almost shook their faith a little bit. And, and not saying them specifically, but uh, I think many people our age, it can shake your faith, and then you can get to a point to where you're like, well, what about everything else that I was taught? Is that still accurate? And start to re uh dive into everything and see what you can find anew and afresh and and uh and it's just a dangerous place to be um uh when you're hurt and then trying to find a way to justify scripture and things like that and so i think that's definitely um uh many people my age through either bible colleges or growing up in church and things like that that can happen oftentimes and uh and then the sound doctrine isn't quite there um and there are some holes in it and uh, i think if we could just get back to um searching the scriptures comparing scripture with scripture making sure it is sound uh and then also uh uh, having um, there, there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors and and not just having one counselor but having a multitude of counselors go and get wisdom on this and ask for wisdom and uh, and and go to God on this issue and to clarify hey uh, am, am I doing this uh, like if I was to take this point of view I think I would really have to to deep down get alone with God and say is the point of me trying to follow this new doctrine to to live more like the flesh or to live more like the spirit? What's, what's my ultimate goal? And I think if you could be honest with yourself, uh, is it causing you and your family to live more for God or live less for God? And, uh, and, but you know, you'd have to be honest and it'd have to be between you and God on that issue, but just comes back to sound doctrine, honestly. No, that's really good. And I think you're right. And the Bible says a wounded spirit who can bear. And yep. um, a lot of these guys, you go back, somebody hurt them, somebody wounded them, and, um, and now you go a different direction. And the sad thing is the pride, I think, for many of them will be something that they can't go back on. They put themselves out. Hey, we got a podcast, and this is what we believe, and this is what we said. So you spend the rest of the time trying to justify what you believe instead of saying, okay, you know, you're right. There are some holes in our doctrine. This must not be sound, act, sound doctrine. Paul told Titus in Titus 2.1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. If there are any holes in it, it's not sound doctrine. And um, we, um, we're supposed to speak sound doctrine. So I'm just going to leave with this. Second uh, Timothy 2.2, Paul told Timothy, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We're going to talk a lot about this in another podcast, but it's amazing. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, you take what you heard of me and the other preachers and the same you commit thou to faithful men who can teach others also. I have no right to take the truths of the word of God that have been given to me and change them. Paul told Timothy, you take what you learned of us and you take the same, you commit them to faithful men and they teach the same thing to faithful men and this keeps on going on. That's what we're supposed to do. So I think that's what we need to get back to. So awesome. All right. Hey, if you got a question for us, go to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free, email your questions in uh, and your, um, 
your love email. Thank you. Hey, we we appreciate those. Your I hate you. You're a heretic. Uh, okay, uh, those are sort of fun sometimes too. So hey, send them on. But uh, but it's okay. Um, we know more the truth. We're gonna keep winning souls and helping people and teaching and trying to preach what's right. And I hope that you'll do the same. So uh, hey, until next time, uh, God bless you, and uh, we'll see you then. And let's keep with sound doctrine. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.